everybody and welcome to Roar. My name is Sam Spellman and uh, again, welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the conversation. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Y'all are amazing and uh, I don't take it lightly that you would take your time to listen to me communicate or talk about different things. So it is always, always a blessing. Um, this is your first time listening. The show is called Roar, Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. And I basically just dig into a little section of scripture and talk about it. And uh, encourage you to just dig into the word yourself. That's what this whole thing is all about, allowing Jesus to reveal who he is through his word. So um, today I want to get into Matthew 24. Um, I was literally just kind of looking and skimming through some of the last chapters here um, in Matthew. I was looking in the 20s here, you know, because... I'm in my 20s, and I thought I'd look at it. No, <laughs> I'm totally playing. I uh, I was looking at, at, at uh, 24, and it just it literally leapt off the page. And I was like, you know what? This is what this is what I'm going to talk about. And this is kind of a uh, a uh, loaded chapter. Number one, there's a lot of different things discussed about it. And what I want to talk about is kind of ironic because I I sometimes feel like this is just again this is me speaking. I want to preface this by saying this is kind of an opinion I have. Um, I feel like this chapter has brought a lot of kind of division between people because of how heavily it emphasizes, you know, end times, so to speak. And uh, instead of really helping to unite people, it has become a divisive tool. And I say it's ironic because I literally want to talk about the love of God and kind of the whole point of what happens in the end times is to create division. And it's, again, the devil is a master of creating division. Literally, it's the oldest trick in the book. You look... In Genesis, what what was the thing that, you know, what was the breakdown? Well, the division between, number one, Adam and his wife, and then Adam and God. And so, the division of family, the division of our relationship with the Father, the division of, you know, I just, it's literally that is the breakdown, is anywhere division can come in. The Bible says where there is strife, there is every evil work. Um, and so, unfortunately, some some truths and some scriptures, again, because of maybe it's maybe it's theologically accurate or it's theologically inaccurate or whatever the the reason, there becomes this division that's created. You know, where there's no longer communication and there's no longer you know willingness to to grow together and to seek truth. You know, I, I believe that where there is a heart. And humility where both parties of whatever situation or confrontation or, you know, where there's, you know, people just don't agree, maybe you know, there's there's an ability where both people in that situation can have a humility in their heart where they're both seeking truth and not just their own, you know, accuracy or whether they're right or they're wrong. But if they're both seeking truth, that humility eventually will lead to you know, a unity and a love and a, and, a, and, a, and a working together where you realize the other person's not just in it to defend themselves, but they're they're seeking the truth and you're seeking the truth. So you both have that at least in common so you can, you know, begin to work together. But again, I, I digress on all that. Um, but I do want to speak out of this chapter because there's a lot of good things that Jesus does give us a heads up on in the end times. And I personally believe we are you know, getting pretty close. I think there's a lot of things that are happening. And as I will read, you might be able to relate to some of these things that are currently happening in our day and age um, that are now kind of public information. And you can't really, I don't know, you just got to look at it. So I'm just going to read it and you guys, you know, just hear out what's what's being said. So 
Matthew chapter 24, Jesus, number one, verse four, uh, gives a heads up, says, take heed that no one deceives you. So first off, deception is going to be pretty high up there on the list of stuff that's going on. And I'm, I'm not trying to say that sarcastically. I'm just saying, really, like, we got to watch out. Like, deception is up there. Verse five, for many will come in my name, you know, saying they are, you know, believers, they're Christian, whatever, you know, they, they come in the name of God and the name of Jesus. And they will be saying, I am the Christ. Now, that's rough. There's only one Lord and one Savior. There's one baptism, one faith. You know, there's one God. Um, there's one Jesus Christ of Nazareth, of whom he lived and died and is risen and is seated, seated, is seated at the right hand of God. There is not another one. So just for clarification, all you guys, there is only one, as he clarifies here in Matthew 24. And he says, these people will deceive many. You will hear, verse 6, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Now, that is something that is currently happening. You turn on the news, there's a war somewhere. Somebody's fighting. Someone's going on. There's wars and rumors of wars. You see that you are not troubled. So first thing, do not be troubled. Why? Because where there is the troubled fear, if fear can get into our heart, get into our soul, and we start entertaining it. You know, if you're troubled, you entertain fear. You know, to be troubled, if you look at someone who's a troubled individual, it means their mind is constantly thinking about bad. You know, it's never good. There's never, you know, tomorrow's not going to be better than today. It's going to be worse. Things are very pessimistic kind of situation. So you see that here. There's this like, do not be troubled. Or don't let fear into your heart. He's given a very clear warning that us as believers, especially in the end times, right? We need to make sure our hearts are, are guarded. We need to be careful about what, you know, if we allow things in, if it starts producing fear, turn the TV off. Get off Facebook, get off Instagram, get off the internet, you know, unplug for a minute. You know, don't, don't allow that discomfort and that fear into your heart, into your soul. Get in the word, get with the Lord, you know, hold on to that peace, guard it with your life. It is valuable that we don't allow the troubles of this world to get in. And he says this, for all these things must happen. In other words, you know, there will be wars. It's not something that we're going to be able to change. So there's another heads up. If we're just going to always think that we're going to stop it, well, this will never happen as long as I'm here. Well, certain things are kind of destined to happen, and I didn't create time, and I didn't create the universe, and I didn't create mankind. I didn't create any of this. So as far as my say in the matter, you know, I'm submitted to the Lord and what His will is and His way, that is the way it's going to go. And He says in the red letters, these things must happen, but the end is not yet. So there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be things that are going to be happening in the earth that are not necessarily good things, but, you know, because of the decisions of man, because of the defilement of the flesh and the carnal mind, which is at enmity with God, you know, people that are completely given to themselves over to demonic influence, to self-righteous sin behavior, to, you know, idolatry, all these things are going to create problems and it's just, they must happen, right? So he continues, and I'm, I'm almost to the point that I, I wanted to kind of highlight in this podcast and this show today. For the nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. So that right there, nations against nations. You see that a lot. I mean, there was a, already a few world wars. So this is getting a little interesting, right? Kingdom against kingdom. That's, you know, family wealth against family wealth. You know, f- you know, kingdoms are, you know, they're, they're regions that are controlled, obviously, but also it's the the, you know, the family element of that whenever kingdom is spoken of. There will be famines, which we see that there is famines across the earth already. There will be epidemics, 
Well, we've, I mean, as a time of recording this, there was a COVID epidemic that happened not that long ago. There will be earthquakes in various places. There has been earthquakes um, a lot. You can, there's a lot of them that have happened. And all these are the beginning of sorrows, right? So he's just talking about there's a lot of stuff that's that's happening. The end is not yet, but there is things that are kind of beginning. The earth is groaning. The decisions of man are not exactly doing the best, right? But why are these decisions of man happening the way they are? What is the root? Why why is this snowballed to the point it's snowballed? Well, we're, we're going to get there because Jesus actually mentions it later on here. Verse 9, then they will hand you over to be persecuted and they will kill you. That is not happy, but okay. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. In other words, not just us personally, but believers in the truth, the truth, not a truth, because everyone can have a truth. A truths have been accepted for the last few years now. You believe it's true. All right, whatever floats your boat, you know, it's whatever, it's your truth. No, I'm talking about the truth because the truth will confront any other false truth. Does that make sense? Any other truth or thing that tries to exalt itself against the truth will be destroyed by the truth because in F, S, S, F, F, what's the word? In essence and by definition, the truth is a singular thing. It is not like a truth. Truth is truth. It's not up for debate. It's not, you know, subjective. It is an objective truth. So because of that, the truth will blow up any subjective truths or truths that are based on opinion. Does that make sense? Hopefully I didn't say truth too many times and that got confusing. But anyway, um, for my namesake. So my namesake being Jesus, right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So you could say for truth's sake, for Jesus's sake, for Christ's sake, for, yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. Verse 10, then, so there's this heavy persecution that comes after all these wars and famine. Then there's a persecution of the truth. So anything that is sound, true, is then villainized. And we're seeing some of that, unfortunately, today. Again, I don't have to like go into details on it, but you can see there's elements of the truth, even in, you know, Christian circles that are now up for debate and are questioned. And, you know, I don't know if it's really, that might've just been old school or, you know, whatever the different thoughts or, you know, ideologies that try to come in or theologies, but there is truth. There is one truth. And it is the, like the word of God is truth. It's not, again, not up for debate. It's not, it is truth. It is every person is subject to truth. Everybody. No opinion is above the truth. It's, I don't care how educated, how smart we think we get, how intelligent we think we are. We are subject to truth and it is just, I, it's the way it is. So heads up, watch out. <laughs> um, this persecution comes again for the sake of Jesus, right? Who he is, what he did on the cross, his life, the truth, obviously, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And then out of that, many will fall away and will betray one another. That right there is kind of what I, what I felt really to emphasize even today, the betrayal aspect of it. You know, betrayal is, a, is not something that is in God's wheelhouse. God's not in the business of betraying people, right? Jesus wasn't in the business of betraying people. In fact, you look even at Judas, he kissed him. He wasn't even like, he didn't, like Jesus never betrayed Judas. He was there. He loved him to the last minute. Judas made his own decision, unfortunately, but Jesus wasn't the one that left him out to dry. Jesus treated him the same as he treated anybody else. He loved him the whole time. He cared for him. Even though he knew, he still gave him every opportunity. 
and was patient, was kind, was loving, right? So it's not the betrayer wasn't Jesus. Jesus, was he's not up in the business of betraying people or backstabbing people. That's not who he is. And if that's who he's portrayed to be, it's an absolute lie. It's just, it's not, it's not true. He's not. God's not in the business of betraying people. God is fair and just and honest and all things that are good come from the father of lights, right? First John talks about it, you know, light and God is light and in him there is no darkness. I think it's first John chapter one and two, those first two chapters, he goes in this whole discourse, you know, and then us being the sons of light and daughters of light, right? So there's truth and light and pure. There's no darkness, no deception. Jesus, I think when he talks to Nathaniel, he says, behold, a true son of Israel, right? Or of the covenant family of God, a true son of God's covenant family, a man in whom there is no guile, deceit, or duplicity. In other words, he's not backstabber. He's honest. He's clean, right? There's a, there's a true element of who he is and who God is. That's an element of who God is, that God's clean, he's fair, he's honest, right? So there's this element of betrayal that happens. Betrayal happens when self-preservation is in full effect, right? You know, fight or flight situation here. And what is fight or flight based on? It's based on fear. Back to the thing in the beginning, troubled situations got into the minds of man. And where that trouble got in, where idolatry was allowed in, where, you know, deception was allowed in there, then was this fear that was created, this anxiety, this darkness that was in the minds and the souls of man. You know, Jesus said, if the light in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? There was these elements of things that were coming in, these rumors, these, it was just chaos of, oh, what's going to happen next? I don't know. What's the news say? Well, I don't know. They, they, they're bombing this. They're bombing that. The, you know, the economy's crashing. This is like, you can literally, I, I sound like the news right now. Why is that? Because that that spirit of just chaos, and, and when I say spirit, Jesus did emphasize that the words he spoke were spirit. So the words that are being spoken, that spiritual aspect of we are speaking spirits, life and death is in the power of the tongue. If you yield your tongue to death, you're speaking death over things. You're spe- you know, and I don't have time to just explain all that, but there's this element of even these words, the spirit behind the words of where they're saying the heart of the words of this fear, this trouble, and these things are breeding the need to feel like you have to betray somebody else. You know, it's so bad that if I don't betray them, it's going to be like, it's it. And it's all rooted in fear. It's all rooted in self-preservation. But I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that Christ died on the cross and gave me an example of, hey, if you die to yourself, if you drank the same cup that I drank, if you carry pick up, excuse me, your cross and you follow me, would you take up a crucified life of dying to yourself? Then fear doesn't have a foothold. Fear can't have a foothold in something that's dead. <laughs> I'm not worried about dying. Death does not fear me. Or does not fear me. Excuse me. I don't fear death. Gosh, I got tongue tied there. Anyway, you get the point. Like there's this element of truth where you're just like, whoa, like I, I've been redeemed. God loves me. God cares for me. He's got my back. He's, he sent his son to put on mortal flesh who conquered death in the grave. And he now has reached out his hand through his grace and his mercy. And I have received a new life. I have been given a second chance. I have been given, I've been born again, not of mortal flesh, but of spirit and of truth. And I've been, and this flesh is see, like, there's so much powerful things that have been given to us. But again, the seed of discord, that little seed of lies and of trouble, if we allow it into our minds, where he talks about the meaning, you will hear of things. You know, that's why it's important how we protect our eyes and our ears. You know, that's Old Testament stuff. Watch your eyes, watch your ears, protect your... Anyway, so he continues, many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. 
hate. That's the opposite of love, right? And many false prophets will rise and deceive many. Why is that? Because why will they be able to rise? Because people will hold up for themselves leaders that believe what they believe. Oh, you believe this? Oh, that's how I, that's how I see it too. Oh, okay. And it's no longer about do we see truth, but it's about how I see it and how you see it. Well, we see the same thing, so we must be right. No. Do we both see truth? Oh, okay, that's different. But if I just see it away and you see it the same way that I see it, see the, the, the emphasis in that sentence is I see it. Not do do you see, do we see the truth? The truth is the center of that sentence. But if I say, do you see it the way that I see it? I now have become the barometer or the gauge of truth, not the scripture, not the Holy Spirit. But now I have become the one that's gauging, oh, I see it this way. Do you see it the way I see it? Oh, okay, yeah, then we can agree. And then you, then people congregate around seeing things the way that they see them or I see them, right? You understand what I'm saying? There's this, there's this, you know, unanimous, uh, what is the word? Like unity almost that, that people can, can walk into and you see it. It's how wars start. It's how, you know, uprisings, revolts, movements, whatever you want to call it, all these things, but they're all rooted, unfortunately, not in the truth, but a truth or a perspective. And anything that's not rooted in the absolute truth will not stand the test of time. That's why, you know, Rome and all these empires that have been built on the ways that people have seen, they have all fallen. But the kingdom that is not of this world, the truth, Jesus, he's not fallen. He's not going to fall because it's not based on an opinion. It is truth. There is no if, ands, or buts about this. There is truth. There is love. There is pure. There is the, the Father above who created like these things there's things that is the i can't even hardly say it in english it's just the truth and the truth sets free the bible says too so there's even freedom and 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 peace all comes with knowing truth so continuing and many false prophets will rise and deceive many again how will they deceive because again it's back to how do i see it not how is the truth speaking it and deceive many because iniquity will abound okay iniquity is just bad, right? You know, just sin, you know, horrible behavior, lying, cheating, hurting other people, backstabbing, all that fun stuff, right? That's iniquity. It will abound. And then what, what is the ultimate goal of all this? What is the, like at the root, like after all this stuff happens, wars, rumors of wars, what is the ultimate effect of all these things? The persecution, the falling out of people, the betrayal, the false prophets, what do all these things lead to? All these things are leading to one point. This is what the Lord really highlighted for me to talk about on the podcast. What are all these things leading to? They lead to this. The love of many will grow cold. It's all about attacking love, right? It's all about. All these things are a systematic assault. If you ever played chess, you know, you got, you've got, there's the level of the pawns and you come into the knights. Then you start maybe using your bishop some and then the rooks come in. You do it, you know, anyway, you castle your king, all that fun stuff. But there's a strategy, and in order to the strategy, because you get yourself where you're controlling the middle of the board, and you start, you know, you have like, what, however opening you start on chess, or anyway, I don't have like time to go into a chess lesson, but anyway, you know, you, you're controlling the board, but it's strategic is my point. There's elements, and there's strategy of, okay, I've, got, I've chipped away the first layer, now I'm going to the second layer, now I'm going to the third layer, now I'm ultimately going for the king. Well, what's the king? Well, we all know the king of the universe is, is God, right? Jesus, son of God. Right? What, what, what's the king? King is love. Love is king. What is the ultimate goal of all these things? What are they all attacking? It's a united front 
to completely obliterate the definition and the val- validity of love in the earth. That's what it's that's what it's all about. It's who God is. The Bible says God is love. All love stems from the Father. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if you see Jesus, you see the love of God. This love is what's been attacked. It's been, you know, focused. And it starts with, you know, you start attacking the family because that's the first time anyone's supposed to experience love in their life is in their family. So why would you, you know, deal with it way later on? Just kill the family. Attack what a husband looks like. Attack what a wife looks like. Attack what a father or a mother looks like. Change their definition. Deceive many. Tell them there's trouble coming so they can't, you know, you can't be a mom. There's trouble coming. You have to act this way. You can't be a a dad. There's trouble coming. You got to do do this, you got to do that. So then fear then changes the definition of what, you know, we're supposed to be or how we're supposed to be. And forgive me if I'm getting a little, you know, amped up about this, but this is very, you can see the systematic assault of the enemy, especially in this day and age to just, uh, just come at people and the goodness that God plants because everyone has wonderful things that God's planted in them. God is, he's, he's so faithful and loving and merciful, and he gives his best to every person he creates. He's not just, you know, pumping out, you know, just half like baked people. He is fully invested in everybody. He doesn't make, you know, God doesn't, he doesn't make mistakes. You know, there's, there's elements of things. Now there's decisions people have that can influence, you know, I'm not going to go into all that right now. There's, you know, an element of authority that man has in the earth and decisions people can make that can affect children and birthing and all that stuff. I'm not going to go into that. But as far as God's side of it, God's not cheating anybody. God's not, you're not going to be able again, at the end of our life, I think I've talked about this recently. We're not going to be able to point our finger at God and go, you know, not fair, not fair. No, he was completely fair. In fact, he was above and beyond gracious through his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent to redeem the world. When he preached the gospel, when he gave us the good news that there is a, a better way to live life, there is a pure way to live and it is freely available. Freely you receive, freely you give it. So anyway, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the world, continuing verse 14, or excuse me, verse 13, after he talks about this love that will grow cold. Then there's an emphasis that he changes. He goes kind of left field here. He says this, but, I'm, I'm happy that that word's there, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. In other words, he who does not change his focus, does not allow the deception in, does not allow the fear into his mind, but realizes God is good. He is not changing. God is faithful. He is just. He is merciful. Jesus is the all in all. He is the king. There are angels that are for me and not, I mean, there is like, that does not change, right? Shall be saved. Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom, this good news of the kingdom, right? The family of God, the royal ruling kingdom will be preached throughout the world as a testimony to all the nations and then the end will come. So anyway, I encourage you guys, it's time to preach the gospel. It's time to let people know there's a better way to live life. There's a way that we can do this. There's a way that God has made it so available. He loves us. He is for us. He is not against us. There is testimony. And that is, again, that's the way that God chose to, to deliver his, his kingdom. He chose the, the beautiful voice of, of, of man that he created, right? Man that he made in his own image. He chose the voice to be written down and recorded in the Bible for us to hear, to read and to share the kingdom. Read these red letters. Maybe the kingdom has come. The Lord is for you, not against you. Jesus has conquered death in the grave and he has sent one just like himself named the Holy Spirit 
who you can receive and has freely been given to you. You know, I mean, there's there's so much goodness in there in the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. So anyway, that's all I really had for today. Thank you for hearing all that funness. I know I got a little bit probably amped there. Um, and when I say amped, I just got a little, a little bit passionate. I feel like this is uh, this is some good stuff. And this is very, I mean, this is very dear to my heart. I believe there is 100% we need... Um, we need, I don't even want to use the word need, we have the, the responsibility um, and the ability. We have the ability to respond. Does that make, I don't know if that makes sense. Responsibility, you respond to ability that's in you. That's what your responsibility is. Okay, anyway, I was trying to make a cool little definition there, but I don't think it, it didn't come out the way I wanted it to. But anyway, we have a responsibility, not just an obligation, but we have ability that's been given to us, grace that's been given to us, and we can choose to respond to that or we can choose not to respond to it. That's what I'm trying to say. And I encourage us all as believers, you know, I'm working on it. I'm not perfect in it by any means, but, you know, I'm thankful that God's shown me at least so I know where I'm aiming. And I want to, you know, share this is what God's shown me. And if you see it and it bears witness in your spirit, let's go for it. Let's Let's get it. Let's let's help people. Let's let's show the true love of God that love will not be changed in this generation. The definition of love is for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And people, if, if they ever come in contact with me, they will understand and they will feel and see visibly what true love really looks like in a person. And they will see not only me, but they will see Jesus and they will see the Father through me. So anyway... I encourage you guys, just dig into the word more. This stuff is alive. There's some amazing, amazing stuff, even in some of the scriptures and chapters that sometimes can seem, you know, a little bit big, like this one. It, there's a lot of, unfortunately, controversy and just a lot of discussion about it, but that doesn't mean we can't read it, and that doesn't mean we can't understand it, and that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit isn't able to speak through maybe some of the more controversial or uh, just heavily discussed chapters and segments of scripture. Dig into it. No fear here. No fear here. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys again so much for listening. It's my final closing. It's my final final wrap up. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if you want to check out more information about myself, ministry, you can check it out um, in the description of the podcast. Um, please, please check them out. And uh, yeah, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>